Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot um. and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. Russian clubs and national teams have been suspended from all competition by FIFA and UEFA, casting doubt on their participation in the 2022 Euros. Russia has been booted out of world football. A joint statement from FIFA and UEFA says that all teams at national and domestic level are out of their competitions until further notice. The domestic game returned after an international break and there was plenty of drama in the fifth round of the Women's FA Cup. Corner for Southampton. Seconds left in this game. Put into a dangerous area and there is the Southampton goalkeeper, Kayla Randall. Manchester City came from behind to claim a quarter-final spot over their rivals. Blackstad could save and it's put in the rebound. Bonnie Shaw just seconds after coming onto the pitch puts Manchester City into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. We'll also be talking England after their Arnold Clark Cup win and hearing from Chelsea's Erin Cuthbert. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Jordan Nobbs and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello, happy Monday, you lovely lot. We've got the wonderful former Everton manager, Willie Kirk, with us tonight. How are you doing, Willie? Yeah, I'm good for you, and you? Very well, thank you. It's been a while. What have you been up to? Uh, I have been enjoying some family time. I've been enjoying the golf course, weather permitting, and having started the pro licence recently. I've uh, been really busy with that, so, yep. Busy times, uh, I love that. Been, I saw you on the telly over the weekend as well, doing a bit of punditry. Yeah, I've managed quite a bit of media work, actually, which has been really enjoyable and, and watching the game through a sort of different lens instead of being in amongst the, the pressure hot pot at the side of the park. <laughs> it does make a difference. Any news you can yeah. you can tell us on uh, on your hunt for your, your next role? Uh, we just, we've, we've recently started some work with England under-18s, working with my coach, where a talented group of players there and we'll do that for the next three or four months which will take us up to the beginning of July uh, so it's really just to support them on that role and then you know we're looking for the right for the right club opportunity and 
we've had had some talks with a European club and there's been a little bit of chat from another two European based clubs. So yeah, it might be it might be the right time to to travel a little bit and, and take the family abroad and a different experience and you know, live a different culture. But uh yeah, we'll see obviously still open to, to anything that appears in England as well if we think it's the right opportunity. Amazing. Very much looking forward to, to what your next step's gonna be. I'm sure there's something um fantastic waiting around the corner for you. Uh, listen, we we need to start the show with some breaking news, really, and that is that FIFA and UEFA have suspended Russian clubs and national teams from all competitions. I'm just going to read you the statement that they've just released. Following the initial decisions adopted by the FIFA Council and the UEFA Executive Committee, which envisaged the adoption of additional measures, FIFA and UEFA have today decided together that all Russian teams, whether national representative teams or club teams, shall be suspended from participation in both FIFA and UEFA competitions until further notice. These decisions were adopted today by the Bureau of the FIFA Council and the Executive Committee of of UEFA, respectively the highest decision-making bodies of both institutions on such urgent matters. Football is fully united here and in full solidarity with all the people affected in Ukraine. Both presidents hope that the situation in Ukraine will improve significantly and rapidly so that football can again be a vector for unity and peace amongst people. Um, Right, to talk about this in further detail, Molly Hudson from The Times is with us. How are you doing, Molly? I'm good, Faye. How are you? Yes, very well, thank you. Listen, this is a really fluid situation, as we know. Um, I know that you will have your finger on the pulse. What is the latest that we know? Well, the latest that we know, or we think we know at the very least, is that um, Russia have been banned from well, all competitions by FIFA and UEFA. Now, that is technically a suspension. And in the wording of that suspension, it does say until further notice. But we are taking that to mean that Russia won't be participating in the women's Euros in the summer. So they were supposed to be facing Netherlands, Sweden and Switzerland in their group. What ramifications does that potentially have? We've seen over the past couple of days, it it felt quite inevitable that this was sort of going to happen. I think both Sweden and Switzerland have said, you know, publicly that they won't be playing Russia um, in any sort of gender or age group matches. So I think it was quite clear the situation was was sort of untenable. I think... um, it appears that UEFA will, will move to find a, a replacement country. And I can only assume it seems the most logical that that will be Portugal, who narrowly lost to Russia 1-0 um, in a playoff. So I think that certainly feels to me as though it would be the, the fairest solution. And I think particularly with the wording of the ban until further notice, obviously there's a chance that you know things could change very quickly. But... I think it, it makes sense for UEFA to, to really make that decision now and plan for you know Portugal to come over and be a part of that tournament because ultimately the longer you leave it, it's not it's not fair on anyone in that situation. So I think hopefully that will kind of be a decision that's made quite swiftly. Um, logistically, as you say, though, uh, they, they're going to have to move quickly on this because you know training camps are necessary for Portugal if they were were to come in, but also. From a standpoint of UEFA in particular, but but FIFA as well, but for these purposes, UEFA in terms of the Women's Euros in 2022, would you not think that Alexander Seferin, um, the president of UEFA, would want to make a bold statement with this? This is a tournament that's happening in England in the summer. 
surely, you know, that there are other ramifications that could potentially make it even more complicated if the Foreign Secretary Liz Truss could turn around and say, um, nobody with a Russian passport can come into the UK anyway, then then their hand is forced. So surely UEFA would want to take that possibility out of anybody else's hands and so and show some kind of strong leadership here. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's why it's quite important that they are proactive and that they get this decision made sort of as soon as possible, really, because, you know, we could all sit here and say, well, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in, in the coming, you know, days, let alone weeks and months. But I think it's quite clear that, you know, this situation is one that needs to be resolved, you know, on, on a on a footballing side as much as we possibly can. And I think you know, as you say, Portugal will need to make those plans. Obviously, they've recently been involved in, in the Algarve Cup. Um, that they'll want to be making those plans for the summer, and obviously coming coming over here, you know their their group I think is is based in in Lee, so I think it, it's just the decision that needs to be made as soon as possible, really for for the benefit of everyone. Yeah, the, Willie, you work with the England under 18s. If it, for example, obviously you're not um, due to face Russia at any time soon, but if you're Portugal, for example, and you're prepping. Um, and you haven't got a major tournament to, to prep for. How much time do you need to get your players ready, not just physically, but mentally as well? You know, I think in an, in an ideal scenario, you'd have probably you know about six months in terms of getting everything perfect in the way you want it in terms of prepping, prepping a group of players. But I think if you get an unexpected invite to a finals tournament, you, know, you, you would take anything. So I'm sure the Portuguese players will, uh, if it is Portugal that, that are the replacements, I'm sure they'll be delighted just to get the opportunity. So uh, I don't know when the Portugal League is due to finish, if that would have to be maybe brought forward or anything. But, you know, I know probably about half the players play abroad anyway. But, yeah, it's it's not an ideal situation for anyone. I feel, I feel sorry for, for the Russia players mm. uh, because, you know, it's, it's them that's ultimately impacted by decisions like this. But I don't see anything but UEFA having to make this decision so it's just a shame for the players that they're going to miss out on on a a massive sporting event. Yeah you make a really good point there Willie actually because you know most people won't actually consider the Russian players themselves who've worked so hard you know to to get to this tournament in in the first place and you know playing in a major finals is is enormous for, for any player not their decision to invade a country it was their president's decision to do that and this is you know the ramifications unfortunately you know of, of which there are they're very widespread molly but if we're looking from a purely football perspective for, for russian players it's it's really tough of course it's really difficult and i think we've seen actually already lots of russian athletes from various different sports kind of speaking out and the fact that you know they're against war um, they just want peace and all that sort of thing, and it must it must be very difficult to kind of be be caught up in something that ultimately you have you know no control whatsoever over. Um, and I suppose the weekend obviously we had the, the women's FA Cup, and, and my thoughts were kind of with um, Alsu Abdelina, who's obviously the twenty year old Chelsea fullback, very young, sort of only just signed. Uh, you know what what a sort of time to kind of have all of that going on and and it's just it is there are there are ramifications also you know you think of the the mental health of these players um and the the kind of impact that that has obviously 
she had a good reception when she came off the bench at the weekend, obviously, which is great. You know, as we say, it's nothing that the players are personally responsible for or, you know, can do anything about. But I think, yeah, of course, in this kind of situation, there there's a huge amount of people that are affected in in, in both in football and, you know, in, in obviously greater society sense that really have no control in it or over it at all. Yeah, absolutely. Molly, appreciate your thoughts on this matter. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Rothers, former Everton manager Willie Kirk's with me as well. Coming up, we're going to chat more football, this time about the fifth round games in the Women's FA Cup and whether it might be coming home. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers, former Everton boss Willie Kirk is with me as well. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can go ahead and download it today. Now, we will be talking about this weekend's FA Cup results, but... Last week, England won the inaugural edition of the Arnold Clark Cup in impressive style, beating Germany 3-1 at Molyneux with two late goals from both Millie Bright and Fran Kirby. Um, Willie, it was a fantastic spectacle in the end. It was such a tight competition. Brilliant for England to be able to uh, test their mettle against teams ahead of the Euros. What did, uh, what did you make of England's performance? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was much needed. I thought the level of games that they got was was definitely needed for Serena to really test that group and and know what she's got and what she's going into the Euros with. So I thought it was a fantastic tournament, right up there with probably the best versions of the She Believes over the last few years. So hopefully it's here to stay because that's the games that you want to be involved in. That's the games that you want to see. But I thought I thought England did fantastically well over the over the three games. I don't know if you've seen producer Flo's tweet. She's got herself very excited. She's convinced England are going to win the Euros off the back of this tournament. What say you, Willie Kirk? I am not convinced, but I do think they've got a good chance. Uh, But I think this is probably the most open women's Euros that we have ever seen. You know, I think if you look at... I keep going to say ourselves, of course I'm Scottish, but ourselves <laughs> as in England, uh, I think you know Spain will be one of the favourites. You would never, ever bet against Germany uh, when it comes to the Euros. The Netherlands will not relinquish their title easily. Sweden had a fantastic Olympics. Uh, France, you know, I've got world-class players Throughout that squad, uh, Italy are up and coming. So I, th- I think it is the, the most open Euros we've ever seen. And, you know, it would be a brave person to put their money where their mouth is in terms of who's got to win it. Flo Lloyd-Hughes is that brave person. I'm looking at the I smile like, yeah, on her Willie, face. Willie, are you, are you goading me to stick my the house <laughs> I don't own on the England to win the Euros? Um, I, you know what? Four months ago, I, I wasn't massively convinced at that prospect. I actually thought... England might not make it out of the group because of Eddie Herdberg potentially returning to the Norwegian setup and how that might really be able to transform them. Uh, and also Northern Ireland really frustrated England at Wembley. So I was seeing kind of the opposite ahead. But I mean, a lot can change in the space of a week. And that's all it took, I think, in the Arnold Clark Cup to really persuade me. I just was really impressed with... England going forward and defensively because I think there was always that question mark because we hadn't seen them play good teams. We hadn't seen them really need to defend. But I think they proved against three very good teams that they can break down sides that are frustrating and they can defend against some of the best players in the world. So 
obviously tournament football is very different to a friendly invitational little cup competition across a, a few days. But there are so many positives that I think you, you can take from, from those performances. And I think she's Serena Bingham seems to be transforming them. In, there's a belief there as well. It's not only the coaching side of things, which I think she's obviously done fantastic. Thing. I think you can see a belief in that group as well that perhaps wasn't there before. I think, bearing in mind, she has experience of winning the Euros herself as well with, with the Netherlands. That's going to prove really key going forward as well. But as you say, Flo... They looked like a different team. They looked relaxed. They looked like they knew what they were doing. Obviously, some some mistakes in there for sure, but you could really see the stamp that Serena Wiegmann had started to put on them. Uh, let's hear from the England head coach, shall we? Because she was really pleased with the challenge that this tournament brought her team. Uh, of course, it's really nice to win a tournament. Um, and you always want to win. And you always want to win every game. Um, the tournament has been great. I think uh, what we expected, three top-level uh, opponents. And we did get that. And uh, what we wanted to uh, develop our style of play, to get to know uh, about ourselves more, what options we have within our team, uh, try different uh, players on different positions. And uh, we all did that. And I think then it's really nice to finish with a 3-1 win. It was really nice to finish with a 3-1 win. I thought it was going to you know, end up going to yellow cards and the tournament just be decided that way, which would have been a little bit of an anti-climax. So I'm very glad there was an outright uh, winner for sure. Let's hear from the, some of the players as well. Frank Kirby and Lauren Hemp spoke after the game. Yeah, obviously, I think obviously towards the end of this game now, I probably went in a position where I'm probably more comfortable um, but I think for me you know I had conversations throughout the week and I will put 100% in anywhere I play regardless on whether it's in the middle out wide obviously I'm more comfortable in the middle um, but I always do the shift for the team and, and try and uh, do what I can out wide um, but yeah I mean overall I'm happy with how the tournament went and went and obviously we won so that's great. Yeah I've loved every second of this tournament is something that we needed playing against three top class uh, oppositions and we've learned a lot about ourselves and a lot of positives and things we need to work on to take into July obviously it's a it's a process and we'll be ready at our best for for the Euros and obviously I've, I've loved playing out there and in three different stadiums and attracted so many fans and the fans were unbelievable today as they have been throughout the rest of the tournament and yeah it topped off with a win so happy days. Happy days indeed. Lauren Hemp and uh, Fran Kirby speaking there after that Arnold Clark Cup victory. And in terms of progress, Willie, that you've seen coaching-wise under Sarigman, with a coach's hat on, how do you think she's managed to impact this team? Yeah, she's certainly shown that they've got different ways to win. She's, she's shown one thing with this England squad in this tournament what she probably didn't show to the Netherlands and I don't think anybody expected it but she used the full the full complement of players I think and when you look at the Netherlands squad that she won the Euros with she made very very few changes during that tournament I think she made she dropped the captain after the first game I think she made a change in the semi-final and it was pretty much the same 11 apart from that so I don't think people were expecting that they make as many changes during these games, but I think she's now doing this because she has got the depth. So I don't think it was actually a Serena thing. I think it was the fact that she didn't have the depth and maybe didn't trust, you know, a squad of 23 players with the Netherlands. She maybe only had 13 or 14 that she felt she could trust in terms of the level she needed. But this England squad, 
has got an abundance of talent right throughout it. And uh, that's been really interesting to see her make so many changes and, and, and make little tweaks. You know, you've seen Millie Bright going up front and a change of formation, try to chase chase the victory and, and she got that. So that gives the players confidence as well, knowing that they can flip between different formations and, and get success. It's got me really buzzing for the Euros now, just a few months until uh, we kick everything off at Old Trafford. Very, very exciting times for the Lionesses. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers. Former Everton boss Willie Kirk is with me as well. Uh, next, we're going to run through all the fifth round FA Cup results. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Rothers, and former Everton boss, Willie Kirk. Now then, we had some cracking results in the fifth round of the FA Cup over the weekend. I'm delighted to say that Paige Peak from Ipswich Town joins us now after uh, beating Southampton FC women 4-2 on penalties. Ipswich are through to the quarterfinals for the first time in their history. Paige, what a day it was yesterday for you. Yeah, it was um it was crazy. Um from what happened in extra time to the penalties to just the whole kind of emotion of the day was yeah, incredible. Listen, describe exactly what happened for anybody that missed it because this is one of the most bonkers things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, so it was nil nil at full time. Um we've then scored and gone one nil up in the second half of extra time and then their keeper with pretty much what was the last kick of the game has scored a header from a corner um, <laughs> and sent it to penalties, which, yeah, was absolutely crazy. Uh, unbelievable. One of those heart-in-mouth moments. What was going through your head then? I think it was just, it was a bit of almost like disbelief that it had happened, but we were all still confident that, you know, that we could win this. And like our manager, Joe, said in interviews, like we were confident if it went to penalties that, we could do the job so yeah we were we hadn't lost faith 
Well, I was at the Carabao Cup final yesterday and obviously all the talk was about goalkeepers and particularly uh, Kepa Aretha Balaga. But your keeper, Sarah Quantrill, ended up the hero with two penalty saves. Yeah, she was great. She was as calm as can be <laughs> throughout it all and, yeah, saved the day. And and what were Age. the celebrations? Sorry, sorry, Willie, jump in. Congratulations on the victory and... Congratulations also on scoring what turned out to be the winning penalty. Thank you. <laughs> I think you've been very, very humble by not mentioning that part of it. I uh, was waiting for you to do of, it, Paige. <laughs> one, of the, one of the questions I've got for you is, how, how did you and the girls manage to compose yourself going into that penalty shootout after thinking you'd won, only for it to be snatched away from you in the most bizarre circumstances, to then step up and, and show composure to win a penalty shootout, you know, everybody deserves a lot of credit. What what was going through your mind when you stepped up to take that penalty? I think we were just, like I said, with as a team, we just never lost faith that we were going to win it. Like a lot of people say penalty shootouts are a lottery, but we kind of don't think that. We think, you know, if you hit your penalty well enough, you're going to score, even if the keeper dives the right way. So, all four penalties that were taken were very good penalties and we even had two girls that came off the bench just to take penalties so that was their first first touch of the game and they went first and second and I mean we were all teenagers that took them um so I almost think that maybe even helped us because we're just a bit fearless um we don't really think of the consequences and we just kind of have kind of a belief in ourselves and each other that we were going to always we were always going to win penalties in the build up to the game yeah we practiced them throughout the week um and just yeah I mean I'm the normal penalty taker so I practice penalties regularly anyway but yeah the girls we kind of knew who was going to take them and like I said the two girls came off the bench so they knew they were always going to kind of take one if it came to it so yeah we were all all ready for the moment Brilliant stuff, Paige. Honestly, I'm very jealous. But teenage days, that fearless time, <laughs> I, I miss it. <laughs> it was a very long time ago. Listen, last question for you. Who would you like in the next round? Who would you like in the quarterfinals? I think we'd like anyone, to be fair. I mean, there's only us and Coventry left in it that aren't WSL teams. So, yeah, we obviously played City a couple of years ago. So maybe it'd be nice to play someone different apart from them. But, yeah, I think we'd happily take anyone right now brilliant stuff wish you the very best of luck and hopefully we'll be speaking to you uh previewing the quarterfinal as well take care thank you page peak there of ipswich town very humble as you say willie kirk not telling us that she had scored the winning penalty i was waiting for her to do it in her assessment and she just kept leaving it and leaving it well done for pushing her on it uh right rest of the results Chelsea, 7-0 winners over Leicester, who came back right down uh, with a bump, didn't they? 4-0 winners, Arsenal over Liverpool as well. Manchester City in the derby you were at. Um, were they that dominant that the 4-1 uh, scoreline suggests? Well, I mean, it was, it's obviously cliche, but, you know, talking about a game of two halves, I thought my United were very good in the first half. Uh, coupled with Man City being... I thought careless in the final third and I thought that was enough of a warning sign that they weren't out the game as yet and they came they came out the traps in the second half and 
you know, for about 20, 25 minutes, you will struggle to see a more dominant display. They were fantastic. They were relentless. They were clinical. And, you know, 4-1 potentially flattered them over the 90 minutes because my United were very good in the first half. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that 20-minute that period just, just blew United away at the start of the second half. Yeah, incredible from them. Um, Producer Flo, you watched Liverpool-Arsenal. Um Liverpool started the game pretty well, but really the Arsenal quality in the end showing through. Yeah, I think it was interesting because the same old fragility that I think we've seen from Arsenal at the back all season was was there at the start of the game in the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. But Liverpool just didn't quite have enough quality to punish them. Leanne Keenan, who's been on fire for Liverpool this season in the Championship, had a really good opportunity, not not long before Arsenal actually got their opener, but she she closed down, she pressed really well, forced mistakes, and then she, her shot was just wide. And you feel like if Liverpool had got the opportunity to take the lead, the game could have been different. But unfortunately, yeah, the quality that, that Arsenal had, Caitlin Ford was really good yesterday. Katie McCabe scored a brilliant goal as well. So in the end, it was just too much. But I think there were signs there that Liverpool, you know, I think Matt Beal will be really disappointed because... They could have come away with a bit more of a fight, but sort of just kept, didn't really put much up in the end. Yeah, over eight, 1,800 fans, though, at Prenton Park, which is a Liverpool women's record at that ground and, and incredible as well. And it, it very much looks, Willie, as if uh, they're coming straight back, well, not straight back up, but they've had two seasons in the Championship, that, that they're coming back up to the WSL. Yeah, it looks like it. Matt has assembled a very, very strong squad for the championship. You know, I, I think it's a WSL squad that he's got. So I suppose by putting together such a strong squad, he puts himself under a bit of pressure to make sure they do come up this year. But they've got a cushion. They've got a few tricky games coming up. I think they've got three games where they play the teams all immediately below them. But, you know, providing they get through that without any disasters, they, they should comfortably come back up which will be a great addition I think to the WSL. Yeah certainly will be um, your old side Everton uh, were 2-0 winners over Karen Hill's Charlton Athletic um, Durham lost 1-0 to Birmingham City they'll be disappointed with that I'm sure um, West Ham needed extra time to beat Reading 1-0 Coventry United as uh, Paige Peak said there uh, also in the hat for the quarter final draw after a 4-2 win over West Brom that that quarterfinal draw, by the way, happening at 9.15 on Tuesday morning. If you're listening to the podcast, it may have happened already. Um, and so you'll know who Paige is going to be uh, playing against. Um, but we will bring you, of course, all the quarterfinal uh, draws next week on Women's Football Weekly. Right. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers. Willie Kirk is with me as well. Next, we're going to preview the Conti Cup final and also hear from Chelsea's Erin Cuthbert. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Rothers and Willie Kirk. Now then, we have a big final. The Conti Cup final is at Plough Lane, home of AFC Wimbledon uh, on Sunday. It features Chelsea and Manchester City. Very much looking forward to this one, Willie. How do you think it's going to go? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. I think it'll be a cracking match, a very evenly match-up or an even match-up between the two teams probably the two forum teams as well in the league so yeah I would probably just favour Chelsea uh, just because that group that Emma's got I've got a real 
collectiveness in terms of they know how to win trophies over the last couple of years, uh, whereas I think Man City are still trying to find their way with a number of new recruits over the last sort of six or seven months. So I would I would probably just tip Chelsea, but it could go all the way. Extra time penalties. Yeah, it absolutely could. And we've got live commentary of the match on TalkSport 2 on Saturday evening. Producer Flo's going to be there as well. What are you looking for in, in this game? Exactly as Willie says, Chelsea seem to have that, that winning mentality that always just pushes them a little bit further over the line. But Gareth Taylor's Manchester City have been turning it on of late. Yeah, and I think that, that game yesterday, especially impressed me because they only just um, beat United a few weeks ago before the international break in that mm. Manchester derby and it took that worldie from Caroline Weir to do it and I think yesterday they proved that they can absorb a bit of pressure and not be the better team in parts but still you know be ruthless and I think they, they had not done that in, in previous weeks they'd waste a lot of chances they'd created but hadn't capitalised on those moments so I was really impressed with them yesterday um but at the same time I kind of agree with Willie that I just think Chelsea have that mentality that City there's still doubts in that City team I think in those big moments um but every single time they seem to be making progress they then come up against uh an Arsenal or a Chelsea and and seem to stall a bit but this is a massive opportunity for them to perhaps take what could be one of the few trophies they might win this season and kind of reassert themselves in the league again and bring a bit more belief. Because I think if they come away from this season winning nothing, given how many players they added in the summer and the likes of the big names in the squad that they do have, then that would be really disappointing. Absolutely, absolutely cannot wait for this one. Um, And we've got a top team at Plough Lane as well. Flo Lloyd-Hughes will, of course, be doing all the fantastic interviews as she always does. Shabana Hearn in the hot seat for this one and your commentary team, Joe Shannon and Leanne Sanderson. It's going to be fascinating uh, and coverage starts at five o'clock on Saturday night on TalkSport 2. One of the players hoping to be involved in that game is Chelsea's Erin Cuthbert. She's been speaking to Talk Sports' Bradley Hayden for an exclusive interview and shared her thoughts on Chelsea's season so far and reflected on the impact of manager Emma Hayes on her career. I actually get asked this quite a lot and I think it's actually diff- difficult to, to quantify and I think it will only be after my career that when I look back at these crucial development periods as a young player, moving down at 18 and, you know, I'm 23 now, so I've had five years under under Emma. And let me tell you, you know, I think it's no secret that it's not been easy. And, you know, me and Emma have a bit of tough love. You know, we we, we love and we hate each other sometimes. So, but that's the way I like it. I like my, my manager to be honest with me. I want her to tell me when I'm doing well. I want her to tell me when things aren't good enough. And I think that's the best part of her because I think honesty is the best policy. And, you know, with her, it's... She tells me it straight to the point, and I think it's only improved me as a player. And we, we've seen as well, you know, just the amount of strides that women's football has made in, in the last few years. What, what else would you like to see implemented in the coming years to continue driving the game? I just think more exposure, more visibility, you know, just keep driving the game because we've saw some amazing record numbers over the last few days of, of what it takes, you know, when, when women's sports on display, you know, people are watching it. So 
keep believing in us, keep watching us, keep buying the product because you know it, it will it will pay off and we will get to a point where you know we are really really marketable and commercial and I think we'll get to a point where the women's game is is no longer probably operating at a loss as well. So I think we just need brands to believe in us because you know that the market is there. The market certainly is there, Willie Kirk, Erin Cuthbert, uh, friend of Women's Football Weekly here on Talk Sport 2. She's been in the studio with us uh, on a couple of occasions before, always speaks so eloquently as well. And she's exactly right. You know, there's a real shift change in women's football at the moment, it feels. Yeah, and Erin um, speaks so, so well. And, and she's she's one of the one of the driving forces behind, behind it because she's a very talented player in her own right, playing for a very talented team who are, you know, trailblazers in terms of putting women's football on the map. You know, it wasn't that long ago that they were preparing for a Champions League final, you know, which again was a shot in the arm for the English game. So, yeah, it's it's an exciting time to be involved in women's, women's football and women's sport. And, you know, you can see that each year there's progression and, and you know, the cup final this weekend and the Euros in the summer, all those little things is... As long as they're good show pieces, which I'm sure they will be, add to add to the the growing growing interest in the game. They really do, and of course the broadcast deals as well, which leads us nicely into the return of the WSL this week and a specific focus on the game of the weekend. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18 plus, stream via internet, terms apply. So, big game between Aston Villa and Brighton, Saturday, 11.30. Willie, how do you see this one going? I think it's two teams who are trying to find consistency. Uh, You know, I think both of them have got talented players and... Either could win on the day, but certainly the lack of consistency is probably a bit of concern for both managers and both will be finishing, I'll be looking to finish the season strongly. So uh, I think Aston Villa with Jill Scott arriving in the January window has, has improved performances and, and I'd probably see them just edging it. Don't forget, with a Now Sports membership, you can stream the Women's Super League, including Aston Villa versus Brighton, live this Saturday on Sky Sports without a contract. Just search Now Sports. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18 plus, stream via internet, terms apply. So two midweek games before Aston Villa uh, face Brighton. They've got a home game against Everton on Wednesday. Arsenal will face Reading as well. Um, Your old team, Everton, with interim manager... Chris Roberts in charge. I mean, it, it feels as if there's there's a bit of a lack of direction at the club at the minute. Obviously, you parted company with them. Jean-Luc Vasseur as well didn't last very long. What's going on there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a real frustration for me personally because, you know, I thought we'd put together a really exciting squad. And, you know, despite the, the start of the season bringing three defeats in five games, which ultimately... So I mean, the club part ways. I still thought we were in a good place to to hit our objectives, and yeah, there just seems to be a lack of direction, a lack of patience, uh, and and yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. Obviously, I want to see Chris doing well. You know, he's my long term assistant, uh, and I'm sure we'll work together again in the future. So 
yeah, it's another opportunity for them to to pick up more points, which which they desperately need because they're sitting second bottom of the league, and if Birmingham were to pick up a couple of wins, it would be it'd be a real nervous time for them, especially you know a team that's they're struggling to find any form just now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have got those two games in hand over Birmingham, which gives them a little bit of a cushion, as you say, but it doesn't take much. Confidence is a, is a huge thing and they, they seem to not have very much of it at the moment and they need a few uh, matches to go their way, that's for sure. And particularly that midweek one against Everton because it doesn't get very much easier for them because on next Sunday they face Manchester City away from home, which is going to be really difficult. The fight for the top three spots is what intrigues me the most this season as as well, Willie, because fascinating as to who exactly is going to get that third spot in particular. I think it would be fair to say Chelsea and Arsenal look nailed on for, for the top two spots. But Tottenham, Manchester United and Manchester City all played 14, four points separating them. But Tottenham are, are, are the team on top of that there and they go to Reading on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's it's a really exciting uh, sort of section of the league table. And I think, you know, I absolutely agree with you, I think Arsenal and Chelsea will be fighting out the title. But then who gets that third spot is going to be fascinating. You know, if Tottenham can do that, you know, what I see, I mean, if the season finishes, you know, tomorrow, uh, they've, they've had a fantastic season. If they just miss out in third place, they've had a fantastic mm. season. So, you know, they're... Their progression to the to the sort of top three has, has been a has been a really exciting part of the league this year and it's gonna be you know, it's gonna be fascinating to see who eventually gets that. Personally I think Man City will, will have too much for the R two. Mm. I think just the depth they've got in the squad and the the seem to have got over their, their injury problems, I think Man City will go and do it. But yeah, there's still a lot of football to be played and I'm sure a few more twists and turns. Yeah, there really is. Manchester United will have a say as well. They've got Leicester on Saturday. Arsenal will face uh, Birmingham. Right. Thank you very much, Willie Kirk. It's been lovely spending an hour in your company talking women's football. It's been great. Thanks very much for inviting I hope you'll come back soon. Perhaps you'll be in uh, in sunnier climes by then and we can we can have a conversation from somewhere exotic. I will still be in the studio here in, in London where it's probably going to be raining. <laughs> but lovely to talk yeah, to you as always. Catch up again soon, Willie. Uh, thank you very yeah, much to you. Willie Kirk, Molly Hudson, Erin Cuthbert, Bradley Hayden, producer Flo, and of course, as ever, all of you for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.